1: Last night with our nanny, he, they went swimming at the pool and then when they were in the shower, he fell and he slammed his chin into the ground. So we like cut open his chin. So Todd took him to the ER last <gasps> night. They glued it shut. It was totally fine. Then randomly well, this ideal. morning, he <laughs> he like somehow flips out of his chair at breakfast and like recuts it open. <laughs> So, like, oh, you're kidding me. Oh, like, my gosh. So, sure no. enough, we were there. Like, yeah. So, anyway, I just got home an hour ago. So, I'm like, breathe. Is he okay now? Yeah, he's t- he's actually just having a snooze. He's totally fine. And actually, they didn't even yeah. re-glue it. They literally just, like, stary-stripped it closed because I guess they don't re-glue once they've glued. So, I probably could have just done that <sighs> myself if I had known that's all they were going to do.
0: <laughs> just, you know, just add it to your list of skills. Sterry strip, glue mama. Like, no, oh I mean, we gosh. cannot do it all. And I, I don't know. I mean, you sound so calm, cool, and collected about it. But as soon as one of my babies is hurt, I feel like my fight or flight response turns on. I'll never forget this time that Jay fell down the stairs. He, like, smashed his tooth through his lip. Mm-hmm. I ran out onto the street in front of our house. Like, <laughs> God know, right? knows what I was doing yeah. out there. Was I going to flag an ambulance down? <laughs> I don't know. So I already, I hit record as soon as you started telling the story. Okay. I'm like, <laughs> my favorite parts about our conversation from the very beginning have always just been how real they are. And right? that I go back to that, like, very first time that we went for a walk together and James was like maybe 1 week old and oh, yes. and you had SD and you were like do you want to go to Mama Mondays at the yes. juice truck i forgot and about i remember that like being nervous to meet you because you were so cool and stylish and had this amazing company, Von Bon. And we went and James, of course, like cried the whole time. And I had to change his dirty diaper for the first time in public. And you were just so sweet and so easy to talk to and so patient while I like... Breastfed him on a bench outside for the first time. And oh, I think it's because I could you know, completely
1: feel where you were at. I mean, I had I had been there too. I'd had all those feelings. Yeah, we went, we sat on the seawall and you just breastfed. And I'm like, just breathe. Cause I've I <laughs> felt all those emotions, like all that overwhelm, all of it.
0: Yeah. At the same time, I was like so. Desperate to get out of the house and it had only been a week and I remember another mom being like, I didn't leave my house for the first
1: three weeks and I was like, I felt so
0: housebound. I had to get out. Like <laughs> That's I was first desperate thing, to right? do
1: something. <laughs> I was the same way with Esty <laughs> and then with Vaughn, I was like, I'm not leaving for a while.
0: <laughs> yeah. I learned the first I mean, time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no rush. Just yeah, soak no. it in.
1: Absolutely. I feel like
0: if we have a third that I'm just, I'm not going to leave the house for like six months. I'm just going to
1: just <laughs> like, be at home. <laughs> hey, you won't have to. You can do these podcasts. I'm sitting in bed right now. (laughs) Yes, it's the best part about this, honestly. Well, I'm so excited
0: to have you. Of course, this episode is already starting completely different than every other one, but I am so thrilled to have Jen here. We've been friends for over five years now, and I have had this front row seat to kind of watch this journey that she's been on over the last little while. Jen was the CEO and founder of a Beautiful kids' clothing line called Von Bon that was known all around the world, primarily probably in North America, but it was absolutely stunning. She had a cult following. So I found <laughs> her when I, you know, was getting ready to have our first baby. And she built not only a brand around clothing, but I really feel a collective of mamas who were going through things and you provided them with a space to talk about the journey that they were on. Now, since then, and since that first walk that we went on, when we both talked about how passionate we were about the work that we were doing, you've actually decided to step away from... Your role with Von Bon, you took off the CEO hat and decided to shift the focus to your kids and yourself. And I'm so interested to talk about this with you because I think (laughs) this is something that a lot of moms think about and a lot of women think about, right? About making these big changes. So we're going to dive into all of that and more today. Can you start off by telling us a little bit about? what was going on in your life two, three, four years ago? Like what was the day-to-day like of having two kids and running this huge company?
1: It's funny because when I first, first of all, thanks for having me on, (laughs) Erin. It's such a pleasure. It's all mine. (laughs) But I was thinking about this and, you know, when I first started my company, I didn't have kids. Like I was going into this with no babies at all. It was really, there was a lack of, things in the market that I wanted to purchase for my own friends and family that were having babies. And so that's how I kind of started it. So I really, I didn't go into this trying to balance all of that in the beginning. It was, it was really this community that as I grew my business and then I started having kids, it just naturally formed into this amazing supportive community because all of these moms that were buying my products were also supporting me as I became a mother myself. It was Mm -hmm. just the most amazing, like, and talk about being on brand, but organic that kind of ever happened. So it just, my gosh, out of all of the things that I've done with my business, the community and the connection that's been by far the most just rewarding thing out of all of it. It's such a testament to
0: how you show up because I feel like you are so amazing with words and communication. You have to go over and follow Jen right now on Instagram at
1: Jennifer Wilson Co. Uh, Jennifer Wilson. yeah. Dot co. Dot yeah. co. Jennifer Wilson. co.
0: I mean, you've always had this ability to kind of open up and share parts of your life. So you were before though, before you even started Von Bun, you were working, you were a dental hygienist. Hygienist. Yeah. So this is a very
1: different career change. You went from,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh yeah. <I've, laughs>
0: you weren't a designer.
1: <laughs> no. And, and not even formally trained. I mean, that's often I just laugh because I think to myself, Oh my gosh, if I ever have some of those like self-limiting beliefs, I go, "Hey Jen, remember when you started this company and you had absolutely no training or background or education in any of it? You can do more than you think you can." And I have to remind myself like, "Yeah, we I just grew that out of a passion and I think just maybe focusing more on some of the innate gifts that I have. I think so often we overlook those because they don't seem obvious to us because they it comes so naturally and easy to us." And really, those are our like greatest gifts. A lot of times we also stop ourselves from doing things because we're like, okay, well, I don't have the education there. You know, I'm not trained. It really, it all just formed out of a passion. I wanted to change. I was working as a dental hygienist. I loved that job. It served so much purpose in my life because it allowed me to really get to work so closely with people. I mean, I was literally working inside their Very bodies. Like, <laughs> our, our faces like inches away from each other. Yes. Like so close. Yeah. So, it just fostered such an amazing environment for me to like cultivate and really learn how to grow and, yeah, cultivate relationships with people. Kind of like your hairdresser, a lot of people tell you stuff in your dental appointments as a hygienist that are really very personal. So, I think I use that as building blocks, not even knowing it at the time, but those were some really great foundations for me to continue on into where I was going next, which Hygiene was also really hard on my body. It's a very physical job. It's a lot of repetitive small movements. I was getting arthritis in my hands some days, like really bad tension headaches. And I remember coming home one day and sitting on the couch and my husband asked me how my day was and I just started bawling and I didn't even know why. I didn't even know why. I didn't even know what to say. And that to me was a sign that something needed to change. And so this was, yeah, before I had kids, I thought, okay, I, I want to do something. I want to transition out of this, but what am I going to do? I need to have a plan here. And it just so happened that at the time I had lots of friends and family that were having babies. And like I said, I just, I couldn't find in the market what I wanted to give something organic that wasn't like at the time, everything organic was brown or green, or it was just yes. plain cream. Yes. And I'm like, oh, but I have so much more style than that. I, I like, why can't I find something that represents my style, but is still really safe? And still really soft. And so I said, Okay, well, maybe this is it. Like I have a passion for design and and for attention to detail and all those things. So I also had no training and needed someone to help me. So I called on my sister who was a graphic designer and I said, Hey, can you help me? I wanna put some patterns and ideas I have onto fabric. Like, can you help me do that? And she did, and and there it all started. (laughs) And And you're into something that I just never even imagined. Like I never set out. I didn't have a business plan. I never set out to do this. It just kind of like very organically happened.
0: Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals for a second. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. anytime soon, start using Babbel a few weeks before you go to learn basics like how to order food, ask for directions, speak to merchants without having to consult language apps while you're away. So fun. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash rawbeautytalks. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash rawbeautytalks. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L- over. It's so amazing. And I think this is so, so important because there are so many women who are feeling a little bit stuck or unhappy where they are, and they're not sure how to take the next step or where to look or what to do. And I think Mm -hmm. that obviously everyone's story is so different, but one of the things that you just said, which was identify what your gifts are. Identify what comes naturally Mm -hmm. to you. What are the little things that people along the way have said, you know, you're a really good listener or you could do math insanely quickly in your head. Nobody has ever said that to (laughs) me, by the way. No one has ever ever said that. (laughs) (laughs) But every Everyone has gifts. Everyone has gifts. Oh, and yes, so absolutely. I think that's a really great place to start. Were you scared at all about leaving this job where you had like a set paycheck and hours to pursue something else? Or did you kind of do Von Von as a side hustle for a
1: while? I did. I mean, I think anyone that's wanting to transition always, you know, that comes first. Like, okay, I need, I have bills to pay. I need to take care of myself here. How are we going to make this work? So yes, I didn't just like up and leave my hygiene job. I definitely started bonbon on the side. And so I was working as a hygienist four days a week, which is why I loved that career because it was so flexible. I didn't have to work full time. So I was working four days a week and then I was also doing bonbon on the side. The definition of hustling, like that's what I was doing. I mean, I was like sewing. I used to hand make when we first started out. I was hand making everything myself out of my apartment in downtown Vancouver, And I'd like ride my bike over the bridge and go to work in Kitsilano. And so when I'd get home, I'd start cutting, sewing. I was doing all of everything, like every aspect of it. And then I'd be – my husband would be like turning headbands inside out while he was watching TV (laughs) at night. I'd be up until like midnight, like sewing them all, packaging all the orders. And then it was like, okay, I got to hit the post office and ship these out before I head to work. And then on my lunch hours, I was managing social media. Like it was just insane. Like I look back at it and go – I don't even know how I was doing that. But at the same time, it was fueling me. I was just, it was that stage of my life. And I just, I loved every minute of it. And I loved that I was really like bringing my dream into reality. It was, it was just really cool. It was a really cool time in my life.
0: It's There's nothing more exciting. I feel like you get this superhuman strength when you're
1: passionate about something. Yeah. You just like the energy that you get out of it is just tenfold. So you, you just, yeah, you can stay up till midnight because you just, you just love what you're doing. So it was easy for me to hustle like that, but as I've learned, that's not sustainable, and that can't last forever.
0: So let's dig into that. So you, at that point, didn't have any kids, but you started to layer some
1: kids on top of all of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was so on. It was so on brand. <laughs> yes, it was like that natural evolution. I was like, okay, well, I don't have any babies, but I sell baby stuff, so that made it even easier because I had these wonderful little models to wear the stuff and see how it worked in our lifestyle and test out all of the designs and the product. So, um, you know, how many times can we wash this fabric? How can we stain it? Yeah. My kids helped me really like evolve with the business there. Um, but then it got to a point where yeah, they they are the priority. Um, and it oh, it just brought to light a lot of things that i hadn't really thought about when i didn't have them there you know like my business was the priority it, it was a priority to the point where it took a toll on my marriage i mean my husband and i almost ended our marriage in the first year of business so there was a lot of lessons to learn there and then as i had my kids there was more realizations there you know in the beginning of this recording you, know, you asked me like 3 4 years ago where are you at and i started thinking about that and Even just two years ago, like November 2017, that was our very last Christmas season. And, you know, I didn't know that at the time, but it was our best season to date. Like we blew our numbers out of the water. It was like everything that we could have dreamed for and more. We had done all the work. We had created the campaigns. We had, it was amazing. And the numbers were coming in. It was awesome. And I remember thinking, okay, this is after Black Friday. I'm going to go on holidays with my family because, hey, we need some balance in our life. I can have the successful business, but I also want to, you know, do this trip. And it was like the most stressful trip we'd ever been on. It was, you know, we thought we had covered all of our bases. We thought we had planned so well. We had hired extra staff to take care of all the extra orders that were coming in over Black Friday. And it was just – it just turned out to be the most stressful holiday ever, both for my husband and I, and the the emails and everything. It was so – you know, it could be so successful, but, like, there was no peace. There was no calm. I felt the most overwhelmed and out of control that I had ever Mm. felt.
0: so hard in those moments. Let's just back up for a second. So year one, Todd is folding headbands for you, and you guys are not (laughs) – he's not happy about
1: it. Yeah. He literally has a chopstick and he's turning them inside out. (laughs) Yeah. I think he's probably wondering like, what the heck have I got myself into? But he was so good in that sense that he never said to me, like, what are you doing here? Like he could see that I had so much to prove to no one, but myself, it was all, I was just proving something to myself. And there were so many times that he said, you know, he wanted to get involved and I was like, no, 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 I don't. I don't need your help. Like yeah. I've got this. I yeah. can do this. I'm doing this. And I look back and I think like, oh my gosh, I did prove so much to myself, but I didn't need to do that. Like, I really didn't.
0: You didn't, but it was part of your journey. That's the thing is that. Yeah. And you know what? Like, I don't think in I hindsight. Be,
1: yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And it's easy to say that now because I've lived it all. Agreed. I, I wouldn't be where I am in my journey and, and like this place of peace now if I hadn't if I hadn't approved that to myself. I know what I was capable of and like really push myself that hard. So yeah, by no means is it a regret at all. But I think I, I can identify what I was doing. And it was really I was trying to prove something to myself.
0: Where did that come from for you that need to prove something to yourself, the need to prove to yourself that you could do it?
1: You know, I mean, what have I uncovered in counseling with my therapist? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think there's a, there's a lot to do with the relationship of my mother. It's It all comes down to self-worth, I think. Wanting to feel like we're enough, prove that we can do enough, be enough, achieve enough, accomplish enough. And I think that really stemmed from the relationship with my mom, that like she was definitely a perfectionist growing up. And I even remember like the first time that I, first of all, before I became a hygienist, I was a certified dental assistant. And I remember graduating. I had literally, I hadn't even worked as a CDA, as a certified dental assistant yet. I had just graduated. And my mom wrote in my graduation card, like, you know, congratulations, you've worked so hard. Can't wait to see what you do next. Go for hygienist. And it was kind of like, whoa, I haven't even, we just got here and we're already deciding what we're going to do next. And I think so many of us do that. And I've done that. And I think that's where that comes from for me. That we can't even sit and celebrate something. We're already planning and goal setting and projecting. And what are we going to be doing next? And I think that's how we get ourselves into to such a hustle and that pace that is just so fast. You know, when I had that holiday season and it was so successful, I was so run down after that. And I remember sitting down and having my birthdays at the end of the year, December 30th. So it's just a very natural time for me to reflect reflect on the year and kind of another year older. And I sat down with my friends and we decided that for the new year, we were going to come up with one word that we were going to focus on. And we wrote it down and we each wrote a word down and we talked about that. And my word was chill. Mm -hmm. And at that time I had no idea that I was going to be closing my business. I just knew that like I was running at a pace and I was, I was so tired of being reactive and I wanted to be more responsive. And I just needed a change. And it was funny. It was just that one word. And then it's so crazy now looking back that that, that word really stuck. And it, it kind of like allowed this space for me to move into the idea that maybe I can have this wonderful life without being like the Jennifer Wilson that's running this business and without the business. And, and so it was only a few months after that. It was that following April that I decided to make the decision to close the company. Wow. I just look back sometimes and think, oh gosh, it's all so serendipitous. But yeah, it's amazing what just like the power of one word can have and how it kind of just like worked its way into my, my heart, my soul, my mind, whatever it was. And just kind of like allowed me to really release things.
0: You manifested that chill. You manifested it in a major way. (laughs) I feel like that's such a great exercise for people who are listening right now to just stop for a moment. We're almost at the end of the year here. And to think in 2020, Mm -hmm. what is something that you want to cultivate in your life if you had to put it? into one word and
1: you don't need to overthink it. Mm-hmm. Just sort of
0: notice what bubbles up for you.
1: Absolutely. I was actually thinking about that today because after we're the same thing, we're in November, it's coming up to that time again. I've really kind of been thinking what just comes up and not overthinking it, just like what really just comes up for me. But yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it also had to do with the fact that we had gone to Thailand with my entire family. My sister was getting married. So it was another opportunity for me to do a bunch of planning before I left you know we hadn't closed the business yet i knew my sister was getting married we had we had planned for months this trip that we were taking with our entire family to thailand and we had all our ducks in a row a b c and d all the backup plans everything and same thing we went and there was just so much resistance and i couldn't figure out like why why is this happening why are these problems coming up we've planned so well we've 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 worked this all out and i look back and go oh my gosh jen it was the universe going Hello, how much harder do I have to make this right. for you? Yeah. You need it to change. Do you not feel this? I'm sending you this because you need to change. This doesn't align with you anymore. It's not working for you anymore. I'm making this as hard as I can for you. <laughs> start listening. <laughs> so Stand. Yeah, start listening. And that's really what it comes down to. It is this process
0: of listening and so often people, you know, that I coach find themselves in certain patterns and this repetition happening. And I always say life is going to keep presenting you with the same Mm -hmm. opportunity to learn and grow until you learn and grow from it, until you shift from Mm -hmm. it. A new perspective comes in or a new action is taken. And so life literally just kept handing you on a silver platter, this opportunity to grow. And I, I think it's just such an amazing way when you're feeling like you're faced with adversity to look at it that way. What what is life giving me right now to help me grow? And you, you, you did, you listened. And a lot of people are too scared to ever listen. You know, they keep doing the hustle until they're dead on the ground
1: or their marriage is broken. Erin, it takes so much courage. Like, honestly, so much courage, like more courage than to keep pushing through and going. I think I was lucky and talk about like trying to find like the silver lining and things, but So my mom was diagnosed years ago with Alzheimer's. And so that trip for us in Thailand was a real wake-up call for me, like spending every day with my mom. Like, I don't live with her anymore. I don't get to see the progression there. And it was such a huge wake-up call. And at 61, like, she couldn't even figure out how to pick up the fork to eat the plate of dinner that was in front of her. Like, it was just, it was so eye-opening. And it just was like, wow, you know, Maybe we don't have as much time as we think we do here. And so it was coming home from that trip and literally acting off of a gut feeling. And the first day back into the office, I told my staff, we're closing the wow. company. I, I can't do it
0: anymore. I cannot even imagine how hard that must have been. Did it feel hard or did it feel Right.
1: Oh, it felt both for sure. I mean, like, and I, that wasn't the plan. <laughs> it wasn't the, pl- like, I had made the decision on that trip and I was so sure it felt right. I knew what I was doing was right. The plan was to be more prepared and go in and tell my staff, this is the package I have laid out for you. This is how we're going to do this. And it wasn't going to be on the first day back, but I think it's just, I've, it's just who I am and honoring my soul. I just, I had to tell them right there and then, and I said, I don't have it all figured out right now. I wanted to, but I need to be honest with you guys. And this is where I'm at and what we're doing. And we all cried. I mean, we all cried, but they knew, like they knew it was the right thing. And I think when I look back at it, it was so hard. And I think that if I'm being totally honest with myself, I I don't want to say use, but definitely the biggest reason on the list of why I was closing was the health of my mom and wanting to be there more for my family. And what fell to the bottom of the list was just that I had a feeling and I needed to act on it. But I felt like if I actually said that out loud to them, they would think, what? <laughs> like, we're just closing down. We're like, okay, so this massive successful company that we've like created here and worked so hard to build, we're just closing it because you have a feeling. Yeah, it would
0: be very, it would be very hard <laughs> for that's people what it to was. wrap their heads around that. Yeah. Do you, did you think about right? selling it? Like, obviously you thought about this. What, wh- Where did that come into play?
1: Yeah. Talk about courage there too. And just going on a feeling. Yes. there, And that was probably the biggest question I got asked after we had made the announcement and told everyone that we were closing down the company. I thought long and hard about this. And yeah, money, it can buy you a lot of stuff, but it definitely can't buy you time. And I had a feeling that there was something else there that I'd be getting in exchange if I didn't sell it. And I didn't know what it was at the time. I just had to go on this feeling that it just wasn't right for me to sell the company. And now over a year later, it's, it's like so obvious and so clear, like how much more I've received in place of that in saying no to that. Like just so much more of a deeper awareness, like discovering like who I am, the healing that's happened. Just a peacefulness that I've never felt before. Meaningful connection in my life. Just the memories that I've made. Like I dance, I ballroom dance with my dad now every Monday night. Those are things that I always had to say no to because I was too busy and I didn't have time because I was running a business and raising a family and all those things. So I always had to say no to that. No to painting, no to dancing, no to all the things that I feel like bring me so much joy and peace and oh I just so yeah talk about having courage and going Mm -hmm. off of a feeling yeah I I could have said yes to selling it but the what I've received in return is just way it's just so invaluable I, I don't even I would I would never take money over what for the time that it would have taken to sell and to
0: transfer out and they most likely would have needed you to stay
1: on for an extra year absolutely I think a lot of people don't understand all the details of. And especially in my the business, the type of business that I had, yes, even just the evaluation of the business alone, that takes a lot of time and effort. And then the negotiation Mm -hmm. process. And believe me, I did my due diligence. I talked to a lot of people who had sold businesses. And there wasn't one that said, Oh, that was (laughs) such a wonderful process. Everyone said and like literally said that was the worst year or time in my life and if it wasn't the actual selling process even afterwards staying on with the transition of like 1 to 2 years they're like i wish i had never committed to that and i thought oh my gosh my priority here is time time with my family time for myself like time with my mom it's not money and we were in a position where we didn't have to sell it and i'm so glad that we didn't because i've just gained so much more in return
0: Don't let those bells scare you. The holidays are right around the corner, but I've got your back. I just wanted to pop in here to remind you that the Raw Beauty Co. shop is now open online at rawbeauty.co. You can find my favorite selection of teas, essential oils, and I want to highlight one of my absolute favorite things in there that makes the coolest, most personal gift, you can find a selection of beautiful still agendas, planners and notebooks. And for only $5 extra, they will customize your planner or notebook with a gold monogram initial. So amazing. I hope none of my best friends are listening to this because that's what everyone is getting this year. One of my favorite items is their LBN, their little black notebook. It is so sleek looking. You can either get lined pages or blank pages. It looks so bomb when you put the little gold initials on the bottom. You can thank me later. Head on over to rawbeauty.co to cross off all those final items on your list. Or if you're looking and just getting started, that's cool too. All right, let's get back to the show. So tell me about this last year and what that has been like because I've gotten to see, you know, obviously a number of things that you've done. You you've spent a lot of time w- without wearing makeup. You've spent yeah. You, you did a challenge, no shopping for 6 months. No shopping for the entire year. I'm all Oh my gosh! Okay, let's year. dive into all of this. So you stopped Vaughn bon Vaughn. Bon, you shut down the doors. It was very emotional. Like everyone was, mm. everyone was very the word, emotional as mom yes. into your business. And so mm-hmm. watching you transition, I mean, I think we all felt it. And then what happened after that? What happened after?
1: Like I cried that a lot
0: first week. <laughs>
1: I cried a lot. It wasn't really so much the first week. I felt so empowered and it felt so right. And the community was so supportive around me. I actually felt like I was on a high for months. Like it was insane. And then you realize that with any change in your life, right beside it is grief. Mm. And maybe you don't realize that. And actually, I probably didn't realize that at the time. It wasn't until I literally couldn't stop crying. Like I was, I would cry anywhere any place over anything and and I'm an emotional person I and I cry that's how I process my energy and emotion but this was like a whole other level mm-hmm. and I thought to myself you know what this is my body telling me something I need to listen and I can't figure this out on my own I need some help so I had a wonderful friend refer me to her counselor in Vancouver who is a somatic counselor she had just loved her and I thought okay this sounds really what I need to do so I went and I started seeing a counselor and this wasn't the first time in my life my husband and I had seen a couple's counselor when we were having issues with our marriage while I had the business so I felt comfortable going and I felt like I was ready and and we did so much work and there was a lot more crying <laughs> to come <laughs> the first <laughs> session was just oh gosh it was like bring over the garbage can and a couple more boxes <laughs> of tissues because I'm going to go through all of this yes <laughs> but it was such a release. It was such a release. And that was really, it was such a process of release, releasing expectations of myself, releasing these old images and and versions of who I was when I ran my business and releasing just so much stuff, releasing the tears, releasing a lot of things that I didn't even really know that I was suppressing and had been suppressing this entire, like my entire life, things with, with my mom, my relationship with my mom, with the grief and I think a lot of the pain that I was trying to suppress from her disease and the progression of that and oh gosh it was just such a huge release and I think it seems so natural now to also then release just the image of of myself and w- having to wear makeup every day I mean I think what it comes down to is that I used to do a lot of Instagram stories and promotion for Von Von and I would be on camera all the time and I would be you know on there with makeup and hair done and ready to promote and you know sell and I'd get a lot of people messaging me on there going oh my gosh you're super mom super mom super mom you are super mom you you've got these two kids you're running this business you go to work every day you look put together you're working out like you've got this marriage like you're super mom and then you you keep hearing that and you start to think okay well I need to be super mom all the time Mm And that includes like always looking put together and making sure I'm wearing my makeup and all these things. So in that whole process of working with my counselor and just releasing all these expectations that I was holding like of others and of myself, mostly, I think it was just a natural process to kind of go, hey, you know, like, why am I wearing this makeup? Why am I buying all these clothes? Why do I get the urge after my counseling sessions to go shopping at Aritzia and buy (laughs) everything You know, like, hmm, what is this trying to tell me? Yeah, in releasing all of that as well, I feel like it's just created more space for me to like really reflect and feel my feelings instead of buying something and getting that like kick of dopamine and like feeling happy for a bit or like putting on makeup and looking the part or whatever it is. I've kind of like really stripped everything down to just me. And gosh, the learning that's come out of that has been insane.
0: Tell me some of the things that you've learned about yourself and about this world and as a
1: woman. I feel like it was almost a year ago in December, we were going on a trip to New York. My husband surprised me and just happened to be the time where I started breaking out and I don't even really know why. And sometimes I think hmm, it kind of like correlates with my counseling sessions. Like before I started kind of releasing all this stuff, something was coming up for me and it just happened to be the worst acne that I've ever had in my life. Mm. And I remember being in New York and you're in New York. You know, like I had never been to New York before. I had brought all my favorite outfits. And I was like, we're going to do this. We're going to get all the Instagram photos. It's going to be amazing. And I was covering up all this acne and it was crazy. And I thought, okay, I can't do this. Like I need to give my skin a break. I need to just like release all of this. So I stopped wearing makeup in hopes that it would really help to, with the acne when clearing up the acne. But then there was so much other stuff that I was releasing as well. I don't know that I would be in the place that I am right now with like my level of self-love and compassion and acceptance for myself if I hadn't have had that acne and had to go through all of that and push myself into a place where I'm going to the grocery store with no makeup on and who cares if anyone sees me like this is what I'm doing right now. I don't think I'd be so comfortable and peaceful and happy with who I am and myself right now if I hadn't gone through those struggles and like lived through that.
0: It's so freeing to get to that place. But in order to get to that place, you got to walk through a whole lot of fear. Like how many things in the last year have you done that scared you a little bit or pulled you out of your comfort
1: zone? A a lot. And now I'm almost even attracted to that because I know that's where the, the most growth and where I gain my true strength. Yes. That's where it comes from. Yes. And so now it's like, you know, initially you'll have those feelings where it's like, okay, you know, maybe I'm in a mood or my husband's in a mood and I don't want to have the conversation. I don't want to deal with that right now. I go, wait a second. That's telling me that there is something to be talked about here. We do, we kind of need to go into this uncomfortable place right now so that we can get through it and come out on the other side stronger. Yes. I mean, I even felt that with my grandpa's passing in May. I don't think I've ever really looked at death that way. Like, It was so obvious to see how many people were in that room when in the last couple of days that he was passing that were just trying to distract themselves with doing things or fixing his sheets or asking questions or, and not just sitting there and being with him Mm. in his last days. I also don't think that I would have been able to be there with him if it wasn't for everything that's happened in the past year, like releasing that business. Just going through all of those struggles, like, I just feel like I'm just able to take on life's most challenging scenarios now in just a much more, I don't know, in just a different way. I feel like I'm gaining so much more strength and it has nothing to do with accomplishing things or how things look from the outside. It's just like a peacefulness that's within me now.
0: Mm. It's kind of the best way to describe it. I can feel it and I can see it in you. Mm, thank you. And your your grandfather is just so lucky to have had you truly there with him in that moment. I think so many people and there's no shame in this at all are afraid to feel the the hard mm-hmm. feelings, the uncomfortable feelings because that's exactly what they are. They're uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But when we can learn to sit in them a bit, to move through them, to face them head on, that's when we can really grow and heal and find a place of calm when we're not running from them anymore. Absolutely. It's a challenging lesson because a lot of people don't ever let themselves even go there because they're too scared to go to the counseling because everything you just described all the crying mm-hmm. and all the releasing like it that sounds like a lot.
1: Yeah, and what are people going to think and like yeah, absolutely like oh, you're seeing a counselor. Like they just see there there has been in the past and I think past generations too, you know, is it's oh, you're you must be having some serious problems. And now I think to myself if you haven't seen a therapist or talked to a counselor like Oh my gosh! You're missing out on so much. Like totally, it's the yeah. best. It's like, yes. Oh my gosh! Life. <laughs> it's, it honestly
0: is. And anybody who's been on this podcast, who you know, is successful in whatever in whatever right. I mean, now I define success so differently. It's not just like,
1: mm-hmm. oh, they oh, made yes. seven
0: figures. It's like they're calm and grounded mm-hmm. in who they are. Almost every single person has gone through something incredibly difficult in their life, and then used therapy or yoga or meditation Mm -hmm. or some sort of practice that they've developed, tools that they've developed to lift them up and provide strength and support moving forward. So there's just so much strength in leaning into those uncomfortable, dark, sad times, moments, feelings. And I just want people listening right now who just heard your story to reflect a little bit on where's an area of your life. Where you need to and could potentially lean into the challenge rather than run from it. Can you put mm-hmm. your phone down? Can you put the glass of wine down for a second? Can you leave the coffee over on the counter? And oh, can you just feel? Wine, yeah. <laughs>
1: That's <laughs> my next challenge for 2020. I've gotten to a place where I've been li- really listening to my body and what it's telling me. And even after a single glass of wine, I don't feel good. I don't feel good, and maybe in the moment I do, and maybe it's kind of taking the edge off or whatever. But like a couple hours later, I don't feel good, and I've really i've I've started listening, and so I've decided for that twenty twenty, I'm gonna go no alcohol,
0: and really
1: really learn the lessons that I think that I'm ready to learn. It's going to be really interesting. I think it's going to be really interesting. I feel like I've always had a healthy. I don't know what you consider to be healthy, and I think there's variances of healthy but a healthy relationship with alcohol. I don't think that I've abused it, but I think that it's easy. And I'm starting to recognize when my body is actually eliciting an emotion that I should be paying attention to. And it's not actually a need to have a glass of wine. It's, it's Mm -hmm. me, it's, it's myself telling me something else. And instead of grabbing the glass of wine and distracting myself or numbing, whatever that is, I want to listen. I want to pay attention and really feel it. And I, I think I've, I've always been termed that I'm, I'm an emotional person. I grew up saying that and even apologizing. for. Oh, I'm so sorry, I'm, I'm so emotional. I'm getting emotional. We all are emotional. <laughs> We're emotional beings. I think that maybe some of us feel things more deeply than others. And I'm at a point in my life where I really wanna start paying attention to that. I think it's a language that we all innately speak, but haven't been taught how to listen or speak it. And I've kind of become obsessed with really and kind of found a passion in wanting to normalize emotions, not only for myself and my children, but for everyone around me. And I just want to speak so openly about that. I think it's so important. So I think no alcohol for the next year is going to help me to kind of ground myself even deeper in that and learn some new lessons.
0: I'm so excited to follow along on this next journey to see sort of what comes up for you. Can you tell us a little bit about the no shopping for one year? Mm -hmm. Because you always had, and you still have, the most amazing outfits. Like, you you. clearly loved shopping. And (laughs) how did it feel (gasps) to take that away for a year? And like, what happened?
1: Gosh, It was the first month was probably the hardest, especially because I started the challenge on the 1st of January. So it's like blowout sales. (laughs) It's like, it's all the reminders that you need, need, need this. And when you, when you realize, and you've gotten to a place where you know that everything you need is already within you, you start to look at things differently. And especially when you remove the distractions. I mean, I think one of the biggest points of success for me in doing that and and staying true to the challenge and being able to complete it for this year is that I removed, I took myself off all the email lists. I unfollowed all the people that were promoting clothes and all of that. Like, so it just wasn't in my face. And that kind of got me through. And now those things don't phase me anymore. But it really came down to, I, I already have everything I need. And I don't mean that in a sense of, I already have 150 pieces of clothing and I couldn't possibly need any more. I mean, like I realize that I don't like my self-worth is not tied to how I look and like the pair of jeans that I'm wearing. And like, that's not really who I am. It's a way that I like to express myself for sure. And it's an art form to me as well. And it's something that I enjoy, but it's not like who I am and it's not, it doesn't equate self-worth to me. So I just decided that I do, I've, I've been smart and I've invested in some like quality pieces that have lasted a long time. And I got a lot of satisfaction out of like really getting creative in my own closet and going, okay, you know what? Like I've never really had to consider how many different ways I can wear this. Let's, let's do this. And it kind of became a game in itself and a challenge, which clearly I like challenges. There was so much learning that came out of that. And I actually, I, I've been so yeah. Impressed with myself that I have been able to, there hasn't been a situation this year. Where I thought, oh my gosh, I, I can't do this. Like I, I, I have to go out and buy something. We actually had like a friend's 30th birthday party. It was like an Oscar gala kind of thing. You had to come like totally dressed up and like a full length kind of gown. I thought, oh my gosh, well, what am I going to do for that? I can't buy anything. Dig to the back of my closet, end up finding, I had like, I wore a second dress at my wedding. That was like a full length kind of like very fitted. Dress. I'm like, this is perfect. It was white. I'm like, I can totally wear this, and <laughs> ended up wearing that and got so many compliments on it. I thought, oh my gosh, if we just get a little creative and just just slow down enough to just think this through, I think often we're just at such a we're just in that pattern of that like high pace, and we just think I it's just automatic to think I got to buy something. it's like, wait a second here, let's slow down, let's think about it, let's get creative, and um, it's been really fun actually. I highly recommend it.
0: I'm like tempted to try it, except for that I'm not a big shopper at all. So I like literally don't think I would have enough clothes <laughs> to make it through. What will shopping look like going forward for you?
1: Well, people keep saying that to me, like, okay, what are you gonna, what are you going to buy first? And really, I'm I'm at a point where I'm like I I don't feel the need to go out and buy something right away. I don't have anything on the list. Things have become very clear when you don't buy anything for a year you really get to know your wardrobe and what you have and you take some pretty clear inventory and I realized I had a <laughs> I had a real thing for distressed cropped denim um I need some <laughs> pants that <laughs> I need some pants that are like full length and don't have any holes in it so that might be one thing but I've decided that for 2020 as well I I'm still going to continue to not buy anything new but I would love to for the things that I do identify that I have a hole in my closet for I'd like to buy pre-owned or consignment. So I'll be on the hunt for a pair of pre-loved jeans that will fill that, that need. Yeah, I'm excited to move into that next challenge and yeah, maybe add a couple things to my wardrobe, but that are, yeah, that I've really identified a need for that are going to be quality pieces that are going to last. These are things that I want to have, like I pulled stuff out of my mom's closet that I would wear. Some of my most loved items were like denim jackets or tailored blazers that, she had, and I just loved wearing them. And so I kind of want to do the same thing. The things I want to choose are things that are going to like really last that SD would want to wear down the road that I'm not going to be throwing away. So there's a whole new intention behind it. You're so fucking cool. Honestly, <laughs> I just, I just, I'm love just it. honestly, I'm just sharing what I'm learning along the way. And if it, if it even sparks a single question for someone else, then it's so worth it. I mean, not only that, but I feel like it's so inspiring. Well, thank you. I feel like my biggest lesson in this last year has been that being more open and honest, especially just with myself, but also the people that I love and care about the most. It just cultivates deeper connection. Like when I am honest and open with myself and stay in alignment to what I truly believe in, I just end up cultivating this deeper connection with myself. And same thing with my kids, my my husband, my friends. I almost feel like that in itself is what I want to replace with the things that I've been distracting myself with alcohol, shopping. It's almost like honesty, openness, and connection is where I want to like put in place of that. Like I'm almost challenging myself now. Like when I feel that mm, I want to have a glass of wine, maybe I need to have a conversation instead. If I can cultivate some deeper connection here, that's really what I need you know, and maybe that's even with nature, or maybe that's just with my cultivating a deeper connection with my journal or through an actual talk conversation with my husband. I just feel like that's just a healthier way for, I don't think for me to distract myself, but to like move through what I'm feeling. Mm.
0: I think we're all looking for a deeper sense of connection, not only with ourselves, but with others. Mm -hmm. In so many ways, that just sounds like the whole purpose of life, really. So. Right? I think so. Thank you for letting us join in on your journey. And thank you for sharing it so eloquently and beautifully over on your Instagram page. Where can women connect with you if they want to follow along?
1: For right now, you can find me um, on Instagram at jenniferwilson.co. I've been pretty intentional this past year not getting myself too involved with getting a website up and all these other different things. So right now, that's where I'm at. I do have some plans for things that I'd like to kind of roll out and maybe start doing in 2020. But you'll find all the information and all the updates on my Instagram page.
0: So exciting. I can't wait to see what's coming our way. <laughs> Thanks, Erin. Thank you so much to everybody who's tuned into this episode. As always, it really helps us out. If you take a screenshot, share it on social media, tag at jenniferwilson.co and at Raw Beauty Talks, we'll be regramming your posts every week. Remember, as always, to listen to your body, to take in whatever resonates with you, and to leave the rest behind i can't wait to see you next week do you ever feel like you're struggling through motherhood you're not alone i'm erica jossa host of the mom well podcast therapist and mom of three Join me each Wednesday as I sit down with guests, including psychologists, pediatricians, psychiatrists, fertility specialists, lactation consultants, and more to unravel the myths of motherhood. With expert advice, practical tips, self-love, and some coping skills to help you along the way, you can become the mother you want to be. Listen to the MomWell podcast at momwell.com listen or on your favorite podcast platform.